a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I I know we've spent a lot of time talking about the vaccine here on the program thus far today. We're going to step away for it in just a moment. But but before we do, if if I could just, let me just acknowledge, I, I know that not everyone listening is comfortable with the vaccine. I know that, you know, after surveys that have been conducted around the country, if I turn to my own social media, many of the comments and questions that come in are, you know, indicative of some reluctance on the part of many Americans and many Utahns. And I understand that. Uh, I I don't agree with it. I've told you before that I, when it's my turn, will be, uh, you know, I'll roll up my sleeve and I'll accept a, a vaccine. I'll recommend that my family and friends do the same. But, you know, we are lucky to live in a world where you, you don't have to agree with everyone around you. Um, and so uh, I, I just want to say that to acknowledge that I, I know that there are varying views on this. I, I hope that uh, those who are you know, not, you know, not too comfortable with this will uh, see the light and, and come over and join those of us who are comfortable and to, to help in that. I'd invite you to first download the KSL News Radio app. It's powered by Any Hour Services. On there, you can access archived segments of the program. And I, what I want you to do is, if you're on the fence, or if you are one who is very much against the vaccine, or uh, if you're you know waiting for the vaccine like I am, anyone listening, I want you to hear the words of ICU nurse Monty Roberts. He was one of the first uh, within the Intermountain Healthcare System to receive. The vaccine. He is, you hear this phrase front line all the time. Uh, he and those receiving the vaccine alongside him, they they are the front line. And he, after receiving the vaccine, uh, he took to the microphone and he had uh, an occasion to share uh, his beliefs, his feelings, and his emotions as to what it means to here in the state of Utah, specifically within the Intermountain Healthcare System, to get this ball rolling, which is the distribution of a vaccine. Listen to his words, hear his emotion, and see if that doesn't change your attitude on this. I, I, I'm confident that some of you listening to that uh, will will be moved. Will be moved. It was powerful stuff. Uh, all right, we're going to set vaccines aside and now uh, transition to a conversation I've been looking forward to having here, uh, and it is with my good friend Boyd Matheson, host of Inside Sources and opinion editor for the Deseret News. Yesterday, yesterday, you, you know, we spoke with Greg Hughes, an elector here in the state of Utah. Uh, the Electoral College has done its work. It has cast its votes, and it is right now in the midst of transmitting via registered mail off to the the, the next step. Of the process. The Electoral College has spoken. Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States. He, yesterday, after uh, learning that news and after that being made, uh, you know, officially official, at least in terms of the will of the Electoral College, uh, he took to the microphone in Wilmington, Delaware, where we have seen him often with the backdrop uh, reading the office of the president elect. <laughs> I kind of chuckle at that because I'm not sure there's actually officially an office of the president-elect. It's an interesting invent on his part, uh, but we'll set that aside, give him a pass on that. I want to talk to Boyd about 
the the address that delivered by the president elect yesterday. Uh, boy, let me just ask you, what were you expecting, and how did that contrast with what we got yesterday from Joe Biden? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I love a good speech uh, from anybody, and uh, especially speeches in critical moments. Uh, there's always that opportunity to rise up and inspire, or instruct, or illuminate. Uh, and I think that was really the moment uh, where there was really no there's no more doubt. There's no more question as to who the president elect is. Uh, as you said, the Electoral College did their work and uh, checked their math. And uh, he will be the next president of the United States. And so he had this moment uh, where he really could have pulled people together. It should have been a pivot point for sure. Uh, and I was deeply disappointed uh, with with where he went and uh, none, none of it to do with any of his politics or policy. Uh, all of it to do with what he chose to spend the bulk of his 13 minutes talking about. And the way he chose uh, to spoke about it uh, was a little disappointing. I, I think whoever the speechwriter was uh, should be given a new opportunity to work somewhere else. Uh, and uh, I think the president... That's a, a kind <laughs> way of putting it. I know. <laughs> we get creative around here. Because yeah. you know? uh, it just it just did not deliver on the moment. And, and it was also very evident uh, that uh, President-elect Biden was not ready either. Uh, he did not own the content. Uh, he did not. The sentences did not flow. Uh, it was really kind of a hodgepodge of about ten minutes of just hammering Trump and we won, you lost, go away, kind of stuff. And then this message of unity <laughs> yeah. at the end, which was a little disconnected. Let me play just a sample of what what was contained within. Again, you mentioned that thirteen minute address by uh, President Elect Joe Biden following the votes cast by the Electoral College yesterday, securing uh, his place as the next president of the United States. The Trump campaign brought, brought dozens and dozens and dozens of legal challenges to test the result. They were heard again and again. And each of the times they were heard, they were found to be without merit. Time and again, President Trump's lawyers presented arguments to state officials, state legislatures, state and federal courts, and ultimately to the United States Supreme Court twice. They were heard by more than 80 judges across this country, and in every case, no cause or evidence was found to reverse or question or dispute the results. Boyd, I have been so surprised every time I hear President-elect Joe Biden even mention Donald Trump. Right. I'm not sure why he continues to do so. I'm not sure what ground it gains. I don't know that it gains any ground. Uh, and I, you mentioned, you know, him not owning the the material and the content. It, it, it feels petty pointing these things out. And when folks talk about my diction and my ability to speak uh, via the text line, I'll tell you what, it hurts, right? Because I'm a personal, rum- personal. I'm a I'm a rambler. I'm a stammer. Uh, and so to to identify and examine that type of stuff in you know Joe Biden, it feels petty. But the truth is, it is indicative of you know his commitment to the material and his ownership of the material, as you put it. Yeah, and it, and you can go back and you can look at any any politician, any religious leader. You can go through and look at any press conference, and you know when somebody owns it, uh, or when they're passionate about it, or when they believe it, or when they had a hand in crafting or creating it. Uh, and you could tell that even in someone like uh, Ronald Reagan, who did most of his own writing. Uh, you could still tell, oh, he spent some time on this. He, he knew what he wanted to do. Or uh, President Obama is a great example. I mean, President Obama, let's be honest, he could read the phone book and a lot of people would cheer. <laughs> he, he's that good. He has that kind of dynamics. But he also had moments where he was so disconnected from the material 
you kind of had to tilt your head sideways and say, wait a minute, what's what's going on there? Uh, and so it's fascinating to look at that. And again, I think yesterday's uh, speech, sadly, uh, again, it should have been a rallying cry. It should have been, as you mentioned, he doesn't even need to mention President Trump. I mean, that's you won. Lead. It's, Go. It, it sounds it sounds trite, but inspiration, I believe, is derived by looking forward and not looking backward most yeah. of the time. In fact, there's a great piece in uh, Politico. It was letters from Americans to Washington, 20 of them. Wow. Uh, the, the piece is fantastic. But the way the piece ends is uh, the, the writer says, look, Washington, uh, these people are mad at you. They think you're arrogant. They think you're disconnected. They think you don't care about them. And they're still listening to you. People want to be led. They want to be led. They want to be inspired. They want to be called to a cause bigger than themselves. And that, to me, that was the biggest miss of Vice President-elect Biden yesterday. Uh, But it's a good call for all leaders to recognize the American people want to be led and they want to be part of a cause bigger than themselves. And if you can do that authentically... Uh, you can make a great transformation for the country. Boyd Matheson, we'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for your input here. Thanks for the conversation. Boyd Matheson, host of the great program here on KSL News Radio, Inside Sources, also opinion editor for the Deseret News. We're going to take a break right now. When we return, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a Biden, not Joe Biden, but Dr. Biden, the next first lady of the United States will be joined in that conversation by Susan Madsen, director of Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.